Hey folks, just a reminder that the Liquor Lamp Podcast is now available on Stitcher. You can download the app to your phone for free, you can favorite us, you can download episodes on the go, you can listen to them, you can enjoy them while you're driving, you can enjoy them with friends, you can share them, you can rate them, you can review them, and you can do all that stuff on the Stitcher app. Just look for the Liquor Lamp Podcast with JoJo Lewis. Alright, let's, uh, let's give this a shot. I really need this to work, okay? It's time for the Liquor Lamp Podcast with JoJo Lewis. Hey folks, welcome to the Liquor Lamp Podcast with JoJo Lewis. I am JoJo Lewis. That means you are listening to the Liquor Lamp Podcast. I'm really glad you downloaded it. I'm really glad you're listening to it on our website, theliquorlamp.blogspot.com. Glad you put it on Stitcher. Glad you caught it on the iTunes. Thank you so much for tweeting at me, at Bucky Gums. I don't think anyone's actually done that. But you know what? If you're thinking about doing it, thanks. Uh, today on the show, I'm talking to Dorian Foster, who is a stand-up comedian. He's a guy I know. He's pretty cool. It's been a week in comedy that I am glad happened. I got uh, some work done figuring out new sets, playing to different crowds. And uh, I read an article this week that I think is uh, somewhat telling of the quality of comedy that I'm trying to figure out. Uh, I don't know what I'm doing half the time. Uh, most comedians don't, I've come to find. If, unless you've been doing it for a long time and you kind of have a sense of what everything's going to be like when you're up there. Typically, you're up there kind of flying blind based on nothing but your own experience and your own ability. And this week, I came across uh, a list of the 12, basically the 12 principles of comedy that are that were came up with by comedian Bill Hicks, who's... One of my favorites. Uh, he's not the favorite of everybody, but he, you know, he's one of mine. So, uh, without further ado, here is something that I actually saw in the list that kind of surprised me, and it's this. It's Rule Ten in the Top Twelve Rules of Bill Hicks. You can check it out online. Uh, play to the top intelligence of the room. There aren't any bad crowds. Just wrong choices. That particular uh, rule, I guess, has special significance to me this week because uh, I was at Level Up yesterday and uh, witnessed possibly the ugliest meltdown I've ever seen uh, of a comedian uh, in relation to a heckler. And it wasn't one of those, uh, comedian destroys heckler, which are so popular. It was holy shit, this heckler uh, and this comedian really got into it to the point where it's like, I hope there isn't a fist fight. And um, it was scary. It was scary for me because I knew the comic. Uh, you know, a couple other comedians were there. They all saw it. They were like, oh, this is stressful. And they're dead right it was stressful. It was a stressful situation. But I think what it showed, for me anyway, was... Because the guys who were heckling kept saying, you could have turned it around, and you didn't. And like they were blaming the comic for getting upset at what they were doing. Like, you could have turned it around in a second. You could have just turned it on us, ripped us to shreds, blah, 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 blah. And, yeah, in a perfect world, I suppose you could. But 
you know, that isn't what any of the comics had intended to do. None of them wanted to do that. It's not like any comic gets up and is getting ready to go out and thinks, I really hope somebody heckles me because, oh, then the show will be good. No, it's always defensive and it's always playing recovery. And these guys totally didn't understand that like they believed themselves to genuinely be helping which honestly is somewhat more dangerous because they were intoxicated so they felt they were in the right as well they wouldn't listen to us when we were like could you stop doing just everything you're doing the situation escalated to a point where the bartender was like you guys can't we show's over we're, we're done you guys can hang out but you can't fucking perform anymore and that's totally fine because shit got pretty real pretty fast and it got me thinking like well what would have been the right decision to endure it i think is the only one i can come back to that well yeah i mean they're heckling but everyone in the room has kind of silently agreed those guys are assholes i mean it's like it's kind of a strange thing everyone in the room was aware that those guys were complete assholes um, and that was probably something that you wanted to understand because those guys are the lowest intelligence in the room, the hecklers, the, the, the bad guys, they're the lowest intelligence. And we know they're the lowest intelligence because they believe themselves to be helping. Since that's the case, if they are the lowest intelligence in the room, then maybe Maybe the issue is not, okay, I need to beat these hecklers. Maybe the mission is, I need to ignore these guys completely. I need to make, I need to take them completely out of the equation of, you're a part of the show. And by that, by that logic, I would have to play to the smart people, the ones who are here to enjoy the show. And actually, there was a group of, uh, of women who were sitting on the left-hand side younger, pretty, who wanted to have a fun... Like, they came to see... Like, they, they all came out to see a comedy show. Like, that. I talked to them after it all happened. I was like, look, I'm sorry. This never happens. And they are like, oh, no. No, we're sorry. Like, that guy was an asshole. We, we wanna, really wanted to see this show. And we'll come... We, we support you guys. We want to come back. And that was really sweet of them. Um, but they were the highest intelligence. And we didn't play to them. Or it, they weren't played to. What was played to was the idiots, the guys in the corner. So maybe that's something to think about. Like, if someone's yelling, this is something I remember I was taught when I was in college, and they taught me interpersonal communication. Uh, Someone who is yelling for any reason is typically someone who doesn't have any ideas or anything valid to say, so they think, I'm going to get louder, and that's going to provide me you know, a measurement of credibility or intelligence when it doesn't. That's what these guys, I think they were doing. Now, was it coming from a place where they wanted to help the show? It was. Were they too drunk to understand that they were hurting the show? Kind of. And they seemed kind of really adamant in the belief that they were helping. And I know that because I talked to them after in a very civil way. I'm like, you guys realize you hurt this show by what you were doing. They're like, no, no, we wanted to help. I'm like, I know you wanted to help, but you weren't listening to us when we said you weren't, and no one wanted it to escalate to this. Um, Yeah, I I think 
playing to the highest intelligence in the room means performing to entertain the person who is the smartest, the person who thinks the best, the person who honestly would gain something out of the show. And in some instances, the smartest top intelligence in the room, it's probably you. I don't know. It was a grim moment. It was very sad to see. Well, on that subject, we bring up Dorian Foster, who is a stand-up comedian. He is a funny dude. I was able to catch him at uh, Laughs Unlimited uh, Comedy Club. He was in the green room. We sat and chatted for an hour while a band played in the main room. Or not the main room, the lobby area. And uh, we had an interesting talk about drinking and doing comedy and and really, in some ways, letting opportunities slip. Maybe not that. Well, maybe. Uh, so stay tuned for my talk with Dorian Foster. Check it out, you guys. Good. I uh, I'm finishing off a weekend here. Laughs Unlimited. Uh, it's been fun. Nice. Are you uh, you're uh, hosting or I'm, I'm hosting. Nice, nice. I'm hosting the show. It's uh, it's a lot of work uh-huh. for you know. What does a weekend at, at Laughs like consist of? Like, what's the actual like? What do you do? Uh, you do two shows. One at eight o'clock and one at ten thirty. Uh huh. Um, and the hosts is here the whole entire time uh you go up you do 10 to 15 minutes depending on how many guest sets there are that night right and then you basically just bring up uh the feature and the headliner and then you take them down at the end of the night uh which is probably the most tiring part on the late show because the headliner is going to do an hour and you're just tired and the people are drunk and you're just like i gotta sit around and till one o'clock in the morning and then go like all right everybody get home safe like fucking you know so you're anybody you're, so anybody you, can do that job. so you got here at, at 5 30 uh how long when's the show supposed to like when are you done is it like midnight no not well tonight there's only one show okay thank god for sundays um and in that uh in that uh being just there's just the one show it starts at seven and um yeah and I'll just go out, and I'll have to do that. So the show's probably going to end around 9. And, uh, yeah, I'll, I'll really be looking forward to taking down the headliner and, and uh, going back to Midtown and <laughs> drinking some beers with my girlfriend. <laughs> I can uh, imagine that. But I appreciate the work, of course. I appreciate the work that I get here at last or I get anywhere. Yeah. Um, How long did it take you before you got to the point where you could start, like, Get, like doing weekends at last because you've been doing that for a couple months now right if i remember right um i started hosting here uh last year around february i believe it was uh-huh um and i you know i i did the showcases and i did the open mics here uh for years and it just never really got a set together that was uh that was good enough to get looked at as far as working here until you know it it all came together like within about four or five months and then you know i ended up hanging out here on the little side things uh talking to jenny and Lori, um and uh 
being, you know, nice and not being <laughs> a dick about but, not getting work here. Yeah, you just, know? Being, just being polite. Dude, I, you know, it's like, hey, if you guys ever need anybody, then you come by. And I, I did, like, you know, four or five months of guest sets here. You come by and hang out during during the weekend and, and talk to them. And be like, you know, if you ever need anybody to do a guest set. And, you know, and, and then, you know, somebody like fucking Carlos Rodriguez comes by and then you're not getting a guest <laughs> I'm just kidding Carlos if you hear this you're a great comic um, but yeah you know you're always there's always there's like yeah there's like a year of me getting bumped on showcases and at open mics where you're just like fuck you know um, that's that's just part of the game you know some yeah. people come out firing jokes and are really good at it and other people it takes a lot of time to get to get your legs I, I think the worst thing a stand-up comedian can do or an aspiring stand-up comedian can do is quit um if you love it and then then you know just stick with it like and i i believe i believe that for the most part you're gonna find your legs sooner or later yeah um i mean i had a problem um in the early years of hating repeating jokes like i just hated doing the same set day in and day out but that's what it takes. Um, Mikey Winfield gave me good advice um, when I was open micing at Tommy T's. Ooh, those, that's, those are the, that's back in those, the day. Yeah, those are, <laughs> that was the nightmare scenario because I I started off in a band, uh-huh. so I I what I didn't have a lot of stage fright. Like I had gotten over that part of performance art but stand-up comedy is a whole different animal so like i had i was like brought back into having stage fright so the way i used to deal with it when i was in a band was i'd drink a lot uh-huh. and then i'd get up and play which and it didn't matter because i was in a shitty band and we just did dick and fart joke songs anyways but as a stand-up comedian you, you can't do that and then i uh and then i started drinking a lot of coffee and then everything kind of worked out like you just like coffee is definitely better for stage performance. <laughs> Marijuana is good for writing, but but coffee is good coffee for is good for stage. People. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I can yeah. I can imagine that because if you drink if you drink a lot right before you go on stage, then it's like it dulls. Yeah, because it, it's like you're a comic. You're supposed to have quick wit, mm. and be sharp, and it's, if you get too drunk, you're fucked up. <laughs> yeah, you, you think you're way funnier than you actually are. Uh, n- not saying that you're not funny, but you know, you just think like, oh, I'm, I'm buzzed and like people in here have been drinking, so I'm just going to riff cause everything I say is gold and that's not the case. So you, you really, if, if you're going to drink while on stage or before you get on stage, just have your set. So like robotic <laughs> that you don't even, you don't even don't need have to be to conscious. It. You don't, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's yeah. like, you could just, you could totally be thinking about, you know, cat videos and just fucking, and whatever and just be able to do your set verbatim and and yeah uh, and and be able to you know get laughs so i mean it, and it that takes a lot like it, it, it's tough to get there i can do it like after after like a couple of beers i'm i'm more loose on stage but too many beers and i'm just back to you know sh- shitty fucking drunk open mic dorian right <laughs> <laughs> i've seen him a few times yeah yeah <laughs> and i still do it at open mics like i you know if i'm at the comedy spot or whatever and i just i feel like, you know and niners lost and i'm drunk and i was like well you know I, there's one joke i want to work out but i get up there and i'm and i automatically know i've i've fucking shouldn't have done that because not only do i not get my new joke off 
it takes me forever, and I forget everything that was supposed to. I was like, oh, I remember the premise, and then, and then it just be, and then I get mad at myself because I had a rule that I tried to instill on myself was just, hey, don't uh, drink before you tell new jokes. <laughs> <laughs> it would be helpful if you could yeah. have a good short term memory. And, it, and the short term yeah, totally, memory, totally. <laughs> the short term memory is, is I forgot to tell, you know, remind myself that I'm not supposed to drink before I tell <laughs> jokes, but. So when you started, you had a thing like you would refuse to... You didn't like doing the same set over and over, like the same... Well, yeah, I mean, you want to, you know, people tell you in the beginning, hey, just keep writing, keep writing, keep writing, keep writing, and I, that's what I did. I kept writing, I kept writing, and I tried to come up with a new five minutes every week, and I was not focusing on the five minutes that I you know, wrote last week. And some of those, you know, some of it was really good, and then you do, you don't work it out, like, it it just becomes lost. So um, when I do do open mics now, it's like I, I do one old joke, then I do one joke I'm trying to work on, and then I do one brand new joke that I just wrote that week or that day or whatever. Yeah, yeah, kind of incremental. So you'll yeah. do, like, five minutes of material one week. Maybe one minute is good, so you keep that minute. Yeah, 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 yeah. There's always a joke that you really like, and then you know, I mean, I still do jokes. Uh, my first joke that worked in every room was this joke I have about karate, and I still use that as my closer to this day when I'm getting, you know, when I'm getting work, and it just it works. So I'm not gonna drop it. I'm sick of the joke. I fucking <laughs> hate telling it, but you know, I mean, if it works, so you gotta pick what's more important in life you want to get laughs and you want to get work or you want to be like the most innovative edgiest fucking comic in sacramento you know it's like uh he, he the the goal is is to you know it's, it's it's of course about your ego but it's also about getting past your ego and just fucking sucking it up and trying to get work you know mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. so he as an as a you know as a stage performer you want to challenge yourself and you want to keep it fun for yourself because if you're not having fun then what's the fucking point but right. uh but at the end you're like oh i'm gonna have to do this joke and i'm gonna have to do this joke and i'm sick of these jokes but fuck they work and when a joke works <laughs> it's kind of yeah when you have a joke that works it's kind of hard to just like yeah. drop it completely knowing like if i have i have to pull this out do the other ever do you feel like there's a conflict there for you like God, I'd like to do this new thing, or I'd like to work on this new thing in the in front of a great crowd. Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. And you, you get you get work at a club a few times, and then they're they're comfortable with you, so you can do that. Like I'm gonna do, I think, a new joke tonight or two new jokes tonight. But I'm gonna start with a bunch of old jokes, of course. Yeah, and then I'll go do the new jokes, and when they fucking bomb, I'll go right back <laughs> into doing old jokes. But you know, I need a crowd to bounce them off of, and you don't get that, you know, all the time. If you're lucky, you get them at some of the better, you know, open mics. But a lot of the times, you know how it is. Like you're just telling jokes for other comics, and they don't fucking, you know, they don't. They're they're too busy writing notes themselves and looking at their fucking phones. They're not paying attention to you. So. Yeah. So, I mean, you really have to say something that's, like, inner circle funny to, for it to be funny. It's like, hey, yeah, remember fucking Jonathan Gamora's haircut? Yeah, you know? <laughs> just referential <laughs> just, like just, that. Like... Just start riffing on comics, and, and then and then you get them laughing. But that doesn't really help you either because they're not... 
I call them real people versus non-real people, and non-real people are comics. So it's like I want. Some I get real that. <laughs> well, like, yeah, because like a com- well, a comic is like a, a, a comedy savvy yeah, yeah. audience member. It's like typically you're not gonna you're not gonna get that. You're gonna get people who oh, there's a comedy show. Yeah, yeah. I would like to be entertained. Yeah, and it, there's no guarantee just because they're real people they're gonna laugh at everything you say. Right. And there's no guarantee that just because they're comics they're not gonna you know you're not gonna kill in a, a room full of comics. Um, it's definitely harder. You know, and and if you kill in a room full of comics, does that mean it's going to work in, in a crowd full of real people? I'm thinking not. Like if it, if your jokes are that much inside that only comics get them, then you're just like a backroom comic. And yeah, like, you know, you never want to be the guy who's playing to the back. Of the yeah, yeah, that's yeah, crazy. Yeah, <laughs> so, so yeah, I mean, you learn that, but it is nice. It's like, oh man, fucking comics think I'm hella funny, but nobody in the audience got it. <laughs> <laughs> like you're doing all these fucking yeah inside. You know, Louis C.K. and, you know, Bill Cosby hybrid jokes about, you know, them making a... I don't I got nothing. Um, <laughs> <laughs> you're like, yeah, you know, fucking that special from 86. And it's, uh, yeah. So, it's, it's you know, it's a, it's a, it's a balance. Yeah. Um, yeah, trying to make comedians laugh, real people laugh, and yourself laugh at the same time. Do you feel like, do you feel like you're trying to, have you figured that balance out more or less? Like how you can kind of mediate that i'm getting better faster it's uh i started off you know wanting to be liked and that's always a problem i guess giving a shit about what people think of you is a problem um so i've always had that insecurity and um i just you know you you start you, you learn it's best if you're you know if you're gonna tell jokes two people you don't know come out and talk shit about yourself first then <laughs> it's just true just n- name you know do all your i'm insecure jokes and then they feel more comfortable about going other places with you as far as like pop culture references and current events like you know i wouldn't i wouldn't come out and be like hey how's everybody doing tonight terrorism right fucking crazy right i mean you You'd, you'd want to go first. That would be a really weird way yeah. to start a show. <laughs> I know. Say it out. But you see, what's the next thing that's going to happen after that? Yeah, I know. Yeah, it's like at first you didn't even like build like a rapport with the audience yet, and you're just you know you're going to come out and start talking shit about Muslims after you just said hello, you know. So I mean, I I see people do it. Um, they'll come up, you know, at an open mic their first time here, and then be like, "Hey, how's it going?" fucking obamacare right it's like where, where are you going with this like it, they want to go super hard and politically edgy and and um it's i mean comedy it- i guess is simple in, in that aspect where you could just make fun of yourself and then say say other things about other people yeah it's true but it, there, there does seem to be kind of like when you say things about other people or the things that should be filtered through the through the you like there's a re- like the, like how you pointed out like you go out you shit on yourself first and mm. you get to shit on other things there's a reason you go through yourself first is so people are like this is all coming from that guy it's all somewhat honest I would think just leaping to that hot button like oh Obamacare topic like, that would lead <laughs> to like it doesn't even seem honest or, or real yeah There'd yeah problem with that but you know I mean you, you want to push the envelope you do you know it's like I I want to talk about something that nobody's talking about I want to, you know, I want to be funny talking about 
stuff that nobody people are afraid to say. That's why I do stand-up comedy because I think I'm I got something to say. That's you know okay. It's, I, I don't know. I, I I came out thinking that I could be a good stand-up comedian. I didn't know if I could ever be really really good at it, but I I knew that I loved it enough that I wasn't gonna quit doing it. You knew you could be competent at it. Yeah, yeah. I knew, yeah, I knew I could be good enough at it to get work. I, I also knew that there's no fucking way I'm ever going to move to L.A. or New York um, just because I just don't I, – and that's probably a problem with me. I, I just don't have that kind of dedication. You know, I got, I got family here. And, 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 I mean, I live in Northern California. It's not like I live in Nebraska, you know, where there's yeah. like one club – in a hundred mile radius and then I'm just going to work at that one club. You live in Northern California, you can get plenty of work up here and if you need to go to LA and do something, you can do that and be back in five hours. So yeah. it's not like you have to move to LA. I mean, not, not talking shit about comics that, you know, give it all up and move to Los Angeles. They're, they're a lot younger than me. So, <laughs> <laughs> so go out and go out there and do that shit, you know? But, and, for, you, but for you personally, yeah. there's kind of like just... You don't see No, no. If you're if you're forty years old and you're three or four years into comedy and you're like, Hey, I'm gonna fucking go move to LA and New York and pursue my dream, you're pathetic. You know what I mean? <laughs> That's just fucking Yo, if you wanna if you wanna get out there, you need to figure out a, a more yeah. meaningful way yeah, to yeah, get yeah. out. Like there. if you're yeah, if you're twenty one to twenty nine, yeah, fucking dude, you're you're loving stand up comedy, you don't have any kids or a wife or, you know, people who depend on you. They fucking do it. Pack up everything. Like, you know, I dream, he's like, I'm going to move to New York. I'm like, fucking right on. He'll get a job teaching and he can do stand-up comedy on the side. And he's not hurting anybody by doing that. And he can only help himself because I, New York's one of the greatest scenes for stand-up comedy. Yeah. You know, in the nation, if not the best, as far as learning, you know. Getting time. And, getting and, time. And well, different groups you're not going to get much time. Yeah. But you are going <laughs> to learn, like, you're going to, it's, it's more of the purest's route of being a stand-up comedian like you move to la because you want to be famous you move to new york because you want to be a really good stand-up comedian and you want to you know you want to go through that 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 tough struggle that you know so many of the new york famous comics have gone through um but yeah i mean it's like you fucking be there 10 years and never even see the inside of caroline's or the, you know or the cellar or any of those places yeah and yeah it's like oh well yeah i've been doing comedy five years and i Walked by the cellar one time and <laughs> it's nice. Well, it's, yeah, yeah. No, it, it was funny. Uh, was it? I, Chris Rock was on. Uh, was it on? Uh, did I hear this on like just some clip where he's promoting his new movie yeah. Top Five, which is really good. Well, I, I, I recommend every comedian see it. But uh, <laughs> he's like, yeah, I was promoting my my new movie, and I went to. Uh, I went to the comedy cellar, you know, to tell jokes, and and they gave me six minutes. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, okay, Chris Rock gets six minutes in the Never. cellar because they already had a book show. They're like, ah, oh, well, we got an that's already full show. That's not but five. We'll give you six minutes. It's not five, <laughs> but it's six. And he's like, I was happy to get it, and that's and that's what I love about that club. It's like, oh yeah, Lucy K, yeah, we'll, we'll give you five to seven. Get up there and uh, yeah, you're like almost, you're like, yeah, like you're doing the most co- comedic work in the country. You get five you get here. Five. That's because you're who you are. Like so, 
anybody, uh, I mean, if you even, like, get to host at that club, like, that right there, in my opinion, for most comedians, would be like, I fucking, this is it. This is, uh, I'm, I, I'm holding the holy grail of comedy right now. Right, right. Just to get to that point. Mm. But, you're, but you, you feel that, for you, that's not, that's not a path that's open to you. Just because no, well, yeah, because of my age and the time I came into comedy, um, you know, I mean, doing that, it, it would be, it would be weird and stupid on my part because I, I, you know, I dropped out of community college more times than I can count. So what am I going to do if I moved to New York? What I mean, what jobs could I get? Like, you know, I, I mean, think, I, I think they need houses painted. Yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm sure they do. <laughs> there was a hurricane. Yeah. <laughs> it washed away so, a lot of paint. It did. It did, but I mean, painting houses in New York and painting houses in California, yeah. You need yeah, a, you need a special kind of coat. Well, yeah. Probably. Well, you need like yeah, ski mask and fucking you know, fifty jackets and you know, and and all the buildings are. Don't they have a lot of brick out there? Anyways, Ton, tons yeah, of brick. No yeah. place to park. Um, so yeah, it would be it would be challenging. I yeah I I you know I'd, I'd go out there and visit like. My hope is one day to be connected enough through other comedians that they would just take me to paying gigs that are, you know, within the area. Um, I think that's your best shot at, at, at getting out, out of town work is just, you know, be funny around the comedians that are doing out of town work when they're in your town. And then they'll hit you up uh, later on when they, you know, when they miss you. <laughs> like, don't, don't you miss me yet? Paul just, just sending Simmons like, hey, thinking of you. Yeah, I'm thinking like, of I got you. this gig. I got this gig in Seattle. You want to go? Oh, I love you too. <laughs> yeah. So how, how long have you actually been like doing, doing comedy? Comedy? Between or just like purely like, like stand up? Just like, stand up? Yeah. Uh, four years now. Really? Yeah, yeah. Um, and the first two and a half, two, two and a half, I struggled bad. Um, because of, of the drinking and all the, well, yeah, the drinking and not knowing, not feeling confident about the jokes I was telling. Like I had jokes that were very bland and not, uh, they didn't have like really any punch, like sh- shock value you know they were just kind of or what are some of my older jokes that i hate um i had this one about uh <laughs> oh, fuck uh me and obama being both half black half white like that's not the only thing we have in common like we we both went to prestigious schools that start with the letter h he went to harvard i went to healed Right, and I mean it's a giggle, but it's not like, and it takes too long to set up. And I mean that feels like a good first beat for something. Yeah, Yeah. it it was just it. Yeah, and it there was no tags in it. It's just like build story, build, 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 build. You know, lukewarm fucking punchline. And you you had to learn kind of how to like. You had to learn to like. Now I got jokes that like the opening is funny. And then the middle, there's a couple of tags, and then I actually, you know, have a punchline that may or may not hit. <laughs> but uh, you know, I, I'm, I'm. You have uh, a structure in your head that you can work with, yeah, for different different topics, different premises, that kind of thing. Yeah, and you know, and, and it's not just about writing jokes. It's it's also about you know stage presence, timing, things, you know, crowd work, uh, 
just being confident. Um, and those, those are all things that I had, had to learn. Um, smiling definitely helps. <laughs> now you go out and you're just, you know, if you're not, you know, smiling, especially as a host, Oh, totally, come, totally. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's tough for a lot of comics. A lot of comics are thinking about their set. They're like, oh, I just want to, you know, get these tags right. I just want to get the punchline right. And I just want to do everything in yeah, order. They, they overthink, yeah, they overthink. They think the material is, yeah. the, is the end all be all. Yeah, yeah. When it totally so they're isn't. fucking, they're all focused on that. And then they go out and they're like, mm, man. They, they're too angry. Don't make they, eye contact. Don't, they too wobble. angry. Don't make eye contact. Yeah. Don't attempt to make any kind of connection with the crowd. Um, it's just the how you doing. Hey, how's it going? How you doing? I like that shirt. I hate that shirt. You know, whatever. Whatever it is, uh, that I, is very important. Just, Absolutely. Just as important as any of it, I think, um, uh, is that is that connection. So, you know, I, if, if it's... Uh, if it's a show with actual people in it, like if it's even if it's an open mic, it's just still still good to work on those things. Yeah, I always get kind of weirded out when someone goes up at an open mic and then like like berates the crowd for not being more people. Or like, oh, this sucks. There's not. There's only two people. Yeah, here. I yeah, yeah. Give a shit. Like, why would you? Those yeah. two people are here. Those two people are here. Yeah. Um, and I've I've said some dick things. Like, I'm not a. I'm not exempt or above that shit. Like, I've gone out and been like, oh, you know, and been sarcastically saying, no, oh, there's a full house tonight, or fucking, you know. And there's, like, two people there sleeping. Um, <laughs> which is, it, it, and it's, it, I guess, you know, you you just have different moods. Uh, and my open mic mood is definitely a drunker, I don't give a fuck mood. Yeah. <laughs> but a show, but a, but like at a real show, it's more professional. Like uh, no matter how many people show up, I no matter how many yeah. people, because it's a job. Yeah, you know, you got to remember this is a job. They're paying you, so you know, if you are going to work on new shit, don't make it so obvious that it's new shit. Don't say, "Hey, that's a new joke." At the end of the new joke, because that's a fucking that's no. <laughs> that's a, that's an easy way out. That's an easy just, way yeah. out, and it looks bad at a club. Like do it at an open mic, yeah, because you're nervous. You're like, all right, that was a new joke. You know, and, and it bombed, and it's like, well, you know, it bombed. So, I mean, just don't address that a joke was anything that, uh, I, I don't know. I, 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 I try not to say it. I think I've even said it though once. It's like, oh, well, that, that's a, there's some new shit I'm working on. Um, <laughs> and, then like, you, and in the back of your head, like, I've been doing this joke for yeah, about a year. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh, that's a new joke. Oh, it's, it's well, you know. That one, that one works really well at blah blah blah. You know, um, yeah, not uh, blaming the audience for not laughing at a joke. That's it's, never it's kinda, a smart move. That's never a smart move, and that's what you're kind of doing when it's not exactly what you're doing, but it's kind of what you're doing when you're when you're saying, "Oh, that's a, that's a new one I've been working on," and you know, I mean, a heckler might be like, "Well, you know, go back to the drawing board," you know, um, but. Most people are pretty nice. I think that a lot of people in the audience know that it's tough to get up there. Yeah. You know, I mean, some people, bachelorette parties mostly, they don't give a fuck. <laughs> like, they they just want attention. Yeah. Um, that's why they dress, that's they, why they wear crowns. Anyway. And I was, uh, yeah. Well, Butch, who's headlining here this weekend, like, I, I missed it yesterday. I went out. There was a chick having her 40th birthday here. Yeah. Which is... Never a good idea at a fucking comedy club. Kind of like, a weird place. Yeah, yeah, no. Because you have to be quiet, and they want to talk, and they want to, you know, talk to people around them. 
So, you know, I, I made the mistake of, you know, saying, oh, you want to talk? Well, talk to me, because fucking, and don't talk when the other comedian's on stage. But don't encourage it at all. Just shut him down. Be like, dude, don't talk. It's a comedy show. And if you're, you know, you're having a birthday, don't come to a comedy show. Go to a club. Go to a bar. Go to fucking do karaoke, you know, to, so you can talk to your friends and nobody gives a shit. But <laughs> I went outside to smoke. And I thought she had stopped talking, but apparently she didn't. So I'm outside smoking a cigarette, and then she just comes out with her fucking tiara all to the side and her sash all fucked up. <laughs> and she's just crying. She's like, I'm never going here again. Why do you have to be so mean? And I'm like, oh, fuck. What did I miss? <laughs> uh, like nine people walk out, you know. Oh, and then, God. And like. And I get back inside, Butch is like, man, I didn't even say anything that fucking crazy. Like, I usually go way shittier on fucking hecklers, you know? But they, it's just a bad place to, you know, try to get attention. Like, if you're you're not going to beat the comedian out, he has a microphone, he's louder than you, you're drunk, all you're going to say is like, hey, it's me! And we know. We already we know. We we've seen you before. Like not you, you, but, but we've people seen you. you. Yeah, yeah. We've seen that person. We've many seen that times. person many fucking times. And people that do headlining shows and have that kind, of, you know, have that kind of, you know, stage time and 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 work in in the scene. There are they're already sick of you. Like they see you, you're fucking you know forty years old wearing a fucking tiara and a sash. They already hate you. Like they already know what you're about. You're not going to sit quietly and fucking pay attention to jokes. Yeah, you're, you're just going to be that same fucking chick. Yeah, <laughs> uh, we all we all don't like. Uh, no, I'd be surprised. I will be surprised if like a whole bachelorette party comes in here one day or any club. They're all they're all they're wearing the sashes, they're the wearing tiaras, the sash, and, and they're, they're just... fucking conga lining in here and they're like. Woo! Manitos, and and then they sit down and they shut up and they pay attention. And to they're the whole just like, "Yeah, no, we just we love the art. Like, <laughs> yeah, we're crazy out there, but we're about." <laughs> uh, yeah. That would be amazing. That would blow me away. Yeah, I'd be like, be I, "I don't know how to react to this." <laughs> Aren't you guys gonna hoot and fucking? It's like, no, say we saw it? we saw the sign up front that said the rules. <laughs> this is about the art. I'm freaking out right now. <laughs> All right, that's my time. Uh, yeah. Oh, that would be incredible. That would be incredible. Like, I'd be like, thank you. Can I buy you a drink for after the show? Yeah, it'd be that one drink that puts her over the edge. She'd be like, this is all I needed. Woohoo! I'm loved here. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. If, uh, if anybody ever does that, thank you. <laughs> <laughs> oh, if only it could be like that. It's, mm. I feel like that's... A, at some level, that's kind of what keeps stand-up kind of a more interesting... I've done a lot of different art things, like high arts. That's the one thing I kind of like, is that the, the, the chance that you'll get a, a regular, a more regular like person who isn't into the art of it, they're more likely to come see stand-up than they are to see like pretty much any other kind of creative yeah. form. Outside of maybe like music, but with music, they're not there to... It's not, it's, I imagine like when you did music, there weren't a lot of people who showed up just because. Oh no, I love this band. It was more. Well, like- actually, it is a lot ba- uh, based on how much you can draw. Yeah, you know. Um, luckily, in comedy clubs, they don't they don't give a shit about your draw. Yeah, in the beginning, when you do showcases, and you know, people book you on because you know you got a lot of friends. But yeah. we all know that all your friends 
go away. That's, after a, fin- that's a finite resource. <laughs> you got about six flight. months of friendship in the comedy game. <laughs> And then fucking nobody's coming to your shows anymore, right? Yeah, and yeah. then it, then it's just on you to be funny. Um, but in music, it's always on you to bring a crowd. Like, hmm. you know, so, like, you're trying to sell merch. You're trying to sell CDs. You're trying to sell T-shirts. You're just trying to, uh, you're just trying to, you know, build a fan base. And it's way more expensive. And, yeah, it's it's definitely expensive. And you're always expected to draw. Where, luckily, when you're telling jokes... You're not all. Your job is to make them laugh. They put the, you know, they put the fucking asses in the seats. You make them laugh. That's the job. Yeah. Music never that way. And I like, oh, well, I mean, if you're a cover band and you play, you know, Mustang Sally and shit like these dudes out here, then yeah, you can get away with it. You don't need a draw because you're playing songs that people know. But if you're doing your own original songs, like yeah. I wouldn't need a draw if I was just doing all Eddie Murphy jokes, right? I'm like, hey, I'm a fucking Eddie Murphy impersonator. You want, you want to hear part of you Delirious? See, Come yeah, on down. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Come on down to the last Liberty tonight where I'll be doing Louis C.K.'s whole fucking set. Like, nobody <laughs> nobody wants to, you know, nobody, I don't think, would ever pay for that. Unless that's, just yeah, really, we, we would put a stop to that. Like, yeah. that that's the kind of thing we would yeah. police the shit out of. Well, it, yeah, in music, everybody's like, oh, yeah, that's you can totally play other people's songs, but if you're a comedian, you can't do other people's jokes and be like, I'm a cover comedian. It's like, fuck you. <laughs> You cover comedian. Yeah, that's not a real. Thing. <laughs> I'm actually I'm going to start a show called Cover. Comedian. <laughs> I like how she's nodding super hard. Like that would be awesome. Yeah, yeah. It's the no. death of the art. That is the death of the art. <laughs> like, oh, tonight I'm going to do all Yakov Smirnoff jokes, and uh, I, I love this country. Yeah, he's an old comedian. I know you're. Uh, I, saw, I saw his poster out. Uh, I know. <laughs> I know. I, I know of. I, I know I, of I've him. heard of him. Yeah. Well, yeah. I'm I not, think he's. You know what's funny about Yakov? I think he makes like a hundred grand a year in Branson, like just fucking. He has his own theater. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. So he, um, so that actually is the dream, just to get one spot like Britney Spears and just fucking just do shows there. Yeah, I mean, I I think, you know, a lot of people. uh, I don't know how you feel about Drew Carey, but I think that's the greatest job on earth. Is like he just wakes up, goes down to the Price Is Right. Has a couple people hug him, cracks a couple <laughs> jokes, and he makes fucking bank. Like yeah. he doesn't have to go out and work clubs. He can just go. He can live down the street. He can have a family. Go to his job, go home, and his day's done. Like three hours, and he and I mean he still goes out and does clubs every once in a while. I think to stay limber, comedians have to go out and be like, oh, and just and just to get back in touch yeah. with why. Here's why I like being in front of people. But yeah, I mean shit like that. Yeah, yeah I mean not every you can't be. Kevin Hart, but you can get a job in one place and and just and just do that and make a really good living at it for a really long time. Yeah, that would you know that'd be that'd be a good thing. I, I would <laughs> I'd play fucking Branson fucking night in and night out. <laughs> yeah, if you, if you can make a, if you can pay your rent and have a nice your, living, why the fuck yeah, not? They probably yeah. give him a house. And yeah, and he just you know I mean how he's probably not doing new jokes. <laughs> ever you know he's probably been on the same bit for 10 years and maybe that's why the comedic lifespan is really short <laughs> you know i mean george carlin's the only fucking comedian who's died of natural causes I, I, it seems like everybody else is just you know put an end to it what, what did richard Pryor die of well, he, I mean, he tried to light himself on fire. We all know that one. And then he had, like, uh, 
I think he succeeded he in letting himself he got, yeah. like He got wore down, and then he got a disease from all the drug use that killed him off, I oh, think, before yeah. he was 60. Um, I'm not sure about that, but I know his death was caused by all the shit that he did in his life. It wasn't like, oh... You know, he had a stroke. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So he was, like, really sick for a long time because his system just shut down from, you know, years and years of, you know... You know, substance abuse. No, totally, totally. Is he one of... Is uh, is Pryor one of your guys? One of the guys you, like, you look up to comedically? Uh... You know, a lot of people... A lot of people put him up in Carlin, like, all the time. Yeah, no. uh, Unfortunately... Uh, Richard Pryor doesn't make my top five. Um, <laughs> I think he's a genius comedian. I think he's, you know, of course, a life-changing comedian. It just, like, but, I mean, the people that influence me the most, um, I guess, uh, I don't know about influence. The ones I looked up to the most are the ones that I started watching when I was, you know, 13, really? 14, 15 years old. Yeah, a lot of people give me shit about uh, Andrew Dice Clay making my list, <laughs> and I I love Andrew Dice Clay. I think he's D- uh, Dice Clay's. D- he's Dice. Dude. Dice was the man. Like he he, he sold didn't out, he sold out Madison Square like two did. nights in a row. He's like he the only did. person other than like Aerosmith or some shit to do. He that. did. Yeah, and he it's just because he had such a cult following that was just so all about him. Yeah, that they would just. They were diehard Dice fans, and like either you loved him or you hated him. You were like, "Oh, Dice is all right," you know. Like I'd watch a set. Like you just either you thought he was, and it's like Howard Stern. Like fucking either you loved him or you hated him, but you just couldn't turn away. You can just not react. Yeah, yeah, Yeah. you just could not react to it. Too. So, I mean, it's probably because I was 13 and I'm like, oh, shit, he's talking <laughs> yeah. about pussies and dicks and he's doing it really clever and he's doing nursery rhymes and they're all dirty. Um, so, yeah, I mean, I'm uh, Carlin is, of course, my number one favorite just because his jokes were super smart and um, and it always seemed like he had a new hour every six months. That was genius. Totally. You know, totally. And that's just, you know, and of course, he'd been doing comedy 40 years and he made it look easy. Um, and it wasn't. <laughs> but uh, he made it look easy and yeah. he stuck by his guns all the way to his deathbed, you know. Yeah. And and I love that. Uh, Eddie Murphy's definitely in the top 5. Chris Rock, Chris Rock and and uh, and and uh, Carlin kind of battle it out for the number 1 and 2 spots. I love Chris Rock uh, in the late 90s when he got, you know, he was out of SNL, but he was doing more stand-up and he was just edgier and he was just attacking his own crowd which is tough to do yeah and make them love you at the same time but uh i remember i saw chris rock in uh 95 or 96 at sacramento punchline yeah i was 20 19 or 20 years old and um he came there right and uh it wasn't even sold out like 15 dollars tickets didn't sell out like Part of the risers, the floor was full, but the, like part of the risers, and he just comes out. His opener was, "What is it with Sacramento? They just give you a white girl when you come to this town." And every black dude in the audience was with a white chick, and, <laughs> and I'm with my aunt, 
And I did. We were front. We were right. We sat right up front, and I just fucking fell out. And I was the only one laughing. Like everybody just looked around, like holy fuck, dude. Oh my god. Did he just brilliant. say that? He did. Yeah. And it, and then he just went off from there, and he did the, the whole like, why is MLK the worst street to be on in any city? And he did all those jokes, and it was just. And, and then his, his set just got more, and then he attacked everybody at those uh, the MTV Music Awards and fucking destroyed, you know? Like, he was just hilarious. And people were just like, oh, my God. And I was like, that's what I want to do as a comedian. I'll probably never get there, but um, it's just nice to see that it can be done. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you know, that's, that's where I'd like to be, but I'll take... Uh, I'll take the little shitty dick and fart jokes that I got right now, and the the, <laughs> the one the one weekend every every month or two. Mm. <laughs> if you're, I mean, if you're happy with what you got, I mean, there's no reason. Are you happy with with where you're at so far? Or is it something like is is there is there an ideal level that you want to be at? Um, right now it's just about getting more time, so I actually have like a feature set uh, time. You know, enough for a feature set. Right now, it's not about, uh, you know, changing the world with jokes. It's just about doing jokes that I'm happy with and building more time. So, like, if I'm called on to do longer time, I can. Yeah. Because, you know, you hear about those stories like, oh, the feature didn't show up. Can you do 20 to 25? I want to be able to say yes. I don't want to have to think about it. Like, oh, you know, if I do some crowd work and uh, I can juggle and play guitar and shit. Yeah, that's kind of like. Not that there's anything wrong with that. I mean, and Guile juggles, it's fine. Um, (laughs) It is. It was funny. We were, uh, he took me uh, to Montana and back on a triple run uh, last year or year before last, actually now. And I didn't have feature time, but he took me anyways because I had a truck. <laughs> He's like, you're driving. I'm like, fuck it. I get to, I get to go to Montana and, and travel. And, like, we were headed out this fucking six-mile dirt road to this moose lodge to tell jokes for we were not even sure. We're like, they're going to fucking kill us out here, dude. It's fucking, you know. And we weren't sure. We went up there, and he, he, uh, he started. I just played. I finished off with uh, this blowjob song which always does well it doesn't really matter where I'm at people always seem to like that song but he you know he does all weed jokes so like we're you know we're in, we're surrounded by deer heads on the wall and he's doing he did about 10 minutes worth of weed jokes didn't work fucking went right to the bag and started juggling murdered like dude just <laughs> juggling just juggling and talking just destroyed him dude. and I was like that's what it takes to be a working comedian that you know and it, it's tough it's tough because you don't know what you're going to get into um that's why i do like the little safe comfort zone of sacramento yeah, yeah there's some surprises but there's nothing like oh shit we're going to be at a moose lodge with you know the hundred fucking you know hunters <laughs> they're just they're just there for a beer after yeah, a long like, hunt this is their annual thing they do this every year they they get babysitters they come from like 40 miles around to come to their club their little clubhouse in the middle of nowhere where they hunt and talk about hunting and then they have a comedy show <laughs> just for some reason yeah, yeah, like- with, a, with a fucking half black half white dude and a full black dude who has dreadlocks who tells mainly weed jokes? Yeah, and who just tells jealous. mainly weed jokes? And he's like, so, yeah, yeah, four twenty, y'all. And they're like, mm, we yeah, had <laughs> fucking hippies, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> y'all from California, right? We can tell. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, yeah. so you just got to get up to the feature level, and then you'll be you'll be good to go then for yourself. Well, no, of course. After you get to the feature level, then you want to get to the headlining level. But I mean, of course, you're still going to have to keep a tight five minutes. 
So I don't, I don't want everyone to lose that. I want to have, I want to keep working on a hot five minutes just in case, you know, you ever do get like an audition for somewhere something, else. Yeah, something important. But you also want to have an hour too, just in case, you know, you, you the headliner get, didn't show up. Yeah, headline, yeah. Can you, can you headline this? Yes, I can. I have enough material. So like if you say you have an hour, you should probably have two hours. Yeah, I was thinking that. Yeah. And yeah, and I you know, I can't I can't remember 20 minutes without some notes right now. So I'm 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 getting closer, but uh need more coffee. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> more coffee, more weed when I'm writing and you know, about more networking too, you know. You got to you got to go out and and shake hands with uh, comedians either, you know, if they're just starting out or they're just you know, a lot of the people who've been in the game for a long time don't want to meet new people, but I always try to, you know, stay humble and, and and try to be nice to everybody, no matter what I think of their jokes or what I think of them. I mean, there's been a few comedians where I'm like, dude, you're you're funny, but I just do not like you as a person, man. I'm sorry. Um, it's that's happened a couple times. I think I was there one night. Actually, <laughs> yeah, I got so, a set because you didn't hang out. Yeah, I know exactly. <laughs> so I, I mean, this is this is not just one comedian. This has been a few comedians. Like, man, he's hilarious. And he does really good, but he's fucking. I just don't like him. He's a shitty person. Yeah. Yeah. So it's not about who you are as a person. It's about being funny. So, but I want to be liked as both. I want to be, but you know, I drink and then I turn into a dick sometimes. It happens. It did happen. <laughs> happens and, to the best of us. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm getting better at it, but uh, I'm I'm still not fully recovered yet. I get that. Uh, yeah. yeah. Well, how you feel, brother? Huh? Yeah, yeah. I'm good. I'm ready to get this last show out of the way. All right, man. Well, we we had a we had a, we've had a full we had a full 45. All right, cool. Yeah, cool, cool. Yeah, good, let me uh, let me uh, tell this jokes and uh, and uh, hopefully uh, hope it goes hopefully well. Make people laugh. And, ask and, and then they'll bring me back. Hopefully, as a feature one of these fucking days. But <laughs> I know if they bring me back a feature before they make other people features at this club, there's gonna be some shit to that be fucking He's like, what did he do? Who did he fuck to get in that club? And then you'll just be like, I don't know. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, yeah. Thanks for doing this, man. Yeah, I appreciate no, thanks it. Thanks for having me, JoJo. Appreciate it. Hey, guys, that's been the show. Thank you for listening to it. I really appreciate it. Next week on the show, I'm talking to D. Tyler, who is a fantastic comedian interesting cat and our talk goes in a way that i don't think any of you are going to expect so stay tuned for it i'm jojo lewis you can follow me on twitter at bucky gums please get the stitcher app and favorite us and download all our episodes and rate and review us and share us and also rate and review us on itunes we really need the publicity i'm serious i'm really serious thank you so much for listening to me have a good one and i told you that this would i've done this maybe 31 times you know what i'm gonna say bye